Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Greenforest, and today we welcome our very special guest, Dr. Debbie Silber. Debbie is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, and the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. Her recent PhD study on how women experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that change how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx, and more, she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author dedicated to helping women move past their betrayals once and for all. I also have a personal relationship with Debbie. She and I were both in a mastermind group together, and she actually has a podcast on this topic, and I was a guest on her show and honored to be a guest on her show, and I'm really honored to have her be a guest on mine. So thank you so much for being here, Debbie. Welcome to Wickedly Smart Women. Thank you, and and I am. I'm honored to be here and, and really excited for our chat. Mm-hmm, me too. So let's start by talking about what was the genesis of your discoveries? What was the genesis of this body of work around betrayal, uh, your own personal story or the stories of maybe some of the many people I'm sure that you've worked with as a holistic psychologist? Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes. Uh, you can imagine you don't study something like betrayal unless you have to. And it was my betrayals that, well, first it was a family betrayal. And then, you know, how the universe works when we don't quite learn the lesson we were meant to learn, we get another opportunity. And so that happened. And this time it was my husband. Uh, I was so hurt, so sad, so confused, just like anybody else who's blindsided by betrayal. And it sent me on this search for answers. I was desperate to understand how the mind works, why we do what we do, and how I could heal. And that led me to this PhD program in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. While I was there, I did a study. And I studied how we experience betrayal, what holds us back, what helps us heal, and what happens to us when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. That study led to those three groundbreaking discoveries. Wow. So lying, cheating, and deceiving. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised you didn't put stealing in there. (laughs) (laughs) Throw that in. (laughs) Having experienced that from the uh, breakup of my second marriage from my second husband. So great. So you have really dove deep into this topic and you've really made it your personal mission to not only discover what needs to be discovered, but also to bring that out and share it with other women. So you're really stepping into a leadership role here. I'd love to ask you about, you know, oftentimes when we're betrayed, we can lose our sense of value or have our sense of value diminished. And as a leader and as a businesswoman, 
part of how we put ourselves out there is by actually valuing our vision. So clearly you're valuing your vision, but can you talk a little bit about this piece of maybe feeling devalued and what it took for you, if that's one, I don't know if that's one mm-hmm. of the discoveries, mm-hmm. but what it took for you to be able to, and how you help other people to be able to reclaim their value and value their own vision, whether it's the vision for being a public speaker or having your own business or having your own podcast or writing a book or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great question. And just to show you the vision that was created based on this, one of the things that we're doing is we have certification programs now to become certified PBT, post-betrayal transformation support group hosts and practitioners. And it's my intention. I picture one of those big wall maps with the red push pins, you know, I, I want, just as we have, let's say, AA meetings everywhere, I want these hosts and practitioners every place, especially because with betrayal, there's so much shame. There's so much judgment. And at a time where we need support the most, we're, we're the least likely to seek it. So, I mean, that was one of the things that the study showed. So we just want to have these people everywhere. So there's really no excuse for not getting help. In answering your other question, the other part of that, That was actually one of the discoveries where I had a feeling healing from betrayal was very different than healing from a different type of life crisis. Let's say death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster. I've been through death of a loved one. I've been through disease. It felt different for me, but I didn't want to assume it. So I brought it back out to my study participants. And I said, if you've been through something else other than betrayal, is it different? Hands down, unanimously. They all said, it's so different. And it's so different because it feels so, because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, that all has to be rebuilt. So that type of healing needed its own name, which is now called post-betrayal transformation. Because it shatters the basic foundation of relationships, You know, think about it. When the people you trust the most prove untrustworthy, who do you trust? When the ones you run to, when other people are causing harm, are the ones causing the harm. Where do you go? So it's it shatters any sense of safety or security we may have had. Well, and I would also, from my own personal experience, having multiple betrayals, I would also say it shatters our own trust in ourselves, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So it's not just trusting all of these other people that you would normally think would be the people that would be most trustworthy in your life, but it then puts into question how, you know, is my picker off, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Is my picker off for the people that I've surrounded myself with, for those people that are in our lives that are, you know, chosen people in our Mm -hmm, lives, mm -hmm. especially in a marriage. Well, okay, so... Um, This gets into the area of these personal power struggles and Mm -hmm. strategies for personal power struggles, which I think is something that shows up not just in personal relationships, but can also show up in our businesses, like with Mm -hmm. our team members and with Mm -hmm. colleagues and all of those places, like the patterns, it's the same, you know, same SSDD, same Mm -hmm garbage and just a different face, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about personal power struggles and boundaries and strategies for overcoming any of those dynamics that we might be carrying either as a result of the betrayal or that brought us into situations where the betrayal was actually, you know, part of the whole overarching pattern? Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, and it's such, I love that question because think about it. With something like betrayal, control has been completely removed. We have no sense of control. So even when it comes to something like withholding forgiveness, now we know forgiveness is all about us. It really has nothing to do with the other person. So often we withhold forgiveness because it's something we control. And when control has been taken away from us, we need that sense of control. That's also one of the reasons why I work on health with people too, because here you can control what you're eating. You can control uh, if you exercise or not. And we need to get that sense of control back. But I'll tell you, you're so right when it comes to business. Betrayal affects every single area of life. And not just the, the big obvious betrayals, the micro betrayals, the self betrayals, the it's no big deal betrayals. Oh yes, they are. We see it in, um, in relationships, obviously, where let's say we don't learn the profound lesson we were supposed to learn. We get another opportunity, right? Same thing different face. We see it where people put a big wall up. You know, it's like, mm -mm, you're not getting close to me or my heart again. Sure, we're keeping out the bad guys, but we're keeping out the good guys too. Mm -hmm. We see it in health where someone spends so much money, so much time going to the most well-meaning doctors, coaches, healers, therapists to manage a stress-related symptom illness condition. At the root of it is an unhealed betrayal. And we see it in business. I see this all the time where someone wants to be a team player, but they're so afraid because the person they trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How are they going to trust a, a boss or a coworker? Or they want to ask for that raise or a promotion. They deserve it, but their confidence was shattered. So they don't ask and they're bitter and resentful instead. And that's the energy they're bringing to work every day. So it affects everything. And regaining that control is one of the most important things we need to do because the, the bottom has bottomed out on us. Mm, beautiful. Well, it's funny. I was writing down the word micro betrayal mm -hmm. and then it came out of your mouth. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, um, I want to just share with you that today I, I, and it goes along with the withholding forgiveness today. I actually made ceremony myself on a piece of land where I had been business partners with somebody and, and there was this micro, I, I'm going to call it microaggression the whole time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it was also a betrayal of like a, the social contract of business partners. And it was very sexually predatory and I was younger and he was way older and mm -hmm. he was like a father figure, but there was all this weird sexual energy and we had this business partnership and it was just all this, you know, kind of gunky stuff. Mm -hmm. And today mm -hmm. I went and made ceremony to make forgiveness around that for myself. Mm -hmm. And it made me think about this idea of micro betrayal because literally I stayed in that relationship for 18 years. Mm -hmm. And so can you speak a little bit more about how to recognize the micro betrayals that ultimately erode everything and create this incredibly toxic environment mm -hmm. And how to recognize them early, hopefully, mm -hmm. and how to extract yourself from those situations. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the death by a thousand cuts, right? Where it's it's not this one big gigantic thing that just makes it completely obvious, but it's this this constant and continual chipping away at our self-esteem at our identity, at our sense of self, at our worthiness. And what happens is over time, we start believing it. So, you know, and now here's the typical, like let's say a narcissist or a, or a gaslighter, you know, someone who is just knocking us off kilter has them feel like they have a sense of control. And it is a power thing. And that's how that relationship works. 
It doesn't work if we're feeling confident. So the idea is just to keep chipping away. And then our mind is so powerful. So we start believing it. And then what we feed grows. And then like energy attracts like energy. So now here we are calling situations to us that confirm, well, maybe I'm not all that. Maybe I did deserve it. Maybe he or she was right. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And now what we're doing is we're digging ourselves in so much deeper. And I see this in, you know, we, one of the other discoveries was that there are five stages. If we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, but if we're going to heal, we're going to move through five stages. And we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every stage. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. What you're talking about is a typical stage three. Because in stage three, it's all about survival. You know, how will I survive this experience? What will I do? How will I, where will I live? You know, all of that. And the challenge is once we've figured out how to survive the experience, that's all we do. So we live a lifetime of just surviving. And then to make it even worse, we start having these sort of small self benefits of staying there. You get sympathy from other people. You get someone to blame. You get to sit on the sidelines. You get to justify inaction. You get a target for your anger. You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Like, do I trust you? Do I trust your Africa? And I won't trust anybody. So you get a bunch of things for staying there. When you realize what you get when you leave that behind, it's mind-blowing. But in the short term, those benefits seem good enough to keep us rooted. Yeah, I hear that, boy. All right. Well, we are already at the break. It's amazing how quickly this goes. And when we come back from the break, what I am going to ask you is more specifically to clarify for us what those three discoveries were. Mm -hmm. And we'll also tell people how they can find out more about you. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world, and we are actually already up to 18 countries. I want to shout out today to our listeners in Iceland. <laughs> thank you for listening, and we will be right back with Debbie Silva. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Debbie Silber. You can find out more about Debbie at 
pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. You can go there and take a quiz. So PBT stands for Post-Betrayal Transformation. So it's the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. Um, pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. We will have that information in the show notes. I'd love to have you tell us a little bit about this quiz. What's going to happen when they take the quiz? What are they going to, what are they going to discover? And how does that relate to the three discoveries that you made, Debbie, when you were doing this studying? That was one of the other discoveries. It was that there's a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's become known as post-betrayal syndrome. And here's the big misconception. We've been taught time heals all wounds. It's not true. Within one year, we've had over 4,000 people take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz on the site, the one that you just mentioned, to see to what extent they're struggling. Every age, so many different countries. And there's a question that reads, is there anything else you'd like to share? And besides reading about the pain, the heartbreak, the physical, mental, and emotional symptoms left in the wake of this type of trauma, people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to have another relationship. My betrayal happened 40 years ago. I feel the hatred. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. I feel gutted. We've also learned things like 67% of people who take the quiz prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 84% have an inability to trust and 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. You know, so, so this is what happens. So what the quiz does is it'll show you what symptoms you're experiencing that you've attributed to, well, it's just, you know, the way it is, or it's just aging, or it's just whatever. No, it's not. It's an unhealed betrayal. And you'll see that. And then you're left with the next step of, wow, okay, I didn't realize that gut issue was tied to an unhealed betrayal, or that, you know, anxiety was tied to an unhealed betrayal, or the hypervigilance, whatever it is. But at least when you see it, that's the first step to change. You can't change what you're not aware of. Mm, beautiful. I like that you said hypervigilance. That was, I'll raise my hand on that one. Mm -hmm. I definitely am at a place in my life where I'm finally feeling like the relief from the hypervigilance. But yeah. at the same time, the relationship situation is similar to what you've discussed. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I have not had a relationship with a, another human being since uh, the divorce from my second husband. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to probably have to take that quiz myself, <laughs> Debbie, <laughs> with all the work that I'm doing. So that's the other thing I want to share with our listeners here. No matter how much work you are doing in your own ways, right, there can always be another way that will, it's like we're facets, you know, it's like we're diamonds and we have multiple facets and there's, there can always be another doorway in. So if any of this is resonating with you, I really highly recommend that you get in touch with Debbie through pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. So Debbie, can you just briefly give us the three discoveries in like mm -hmm. three bullet points so that we know specifically what you discovered in your study and then if you have any immediately actionable steps beyond obviously take the quiz people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, if there's any immediately actionable steps particularly for people who are I think in that place of bitterness and resentfulness because mm -hmm. that is such a toxic I mean I know that I've cleared a lot of that out mm -hmm. probably most of that out of myself but I know when I divorced my first husband, the sense of relief of the resentment and bitterness of being in the relationship 
was so palpable. It was crazy. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about the three discoveries and mm-hmm. then give us some immediately actionable steps for that bitterness and resentfulness, if there's sure. something we can do to just alleviate some of that. Sure, sure. So the first discovery was that healing from betrayal is so different. And so it needed its own term and that's post-betrayal transformation. The second discovery was that there are these five stages. You cannot skip them. You can't do one instead of another. It doesn't work that way. If you're going to heal, you will move through these five stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So there are the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. And the third discovery is that unique collection of physical, mental, and emotional symptoms common to betrayal called post-betrayal syndrome. So those are the three. Now, you know, I'd also love to share, because this really ties in with the anger and the bitterness, there were three groups who did not heal. And when you don't heal, you hang on to that bitterness and that resentment for dear life. And the first group, they were numbing, distracting, avoiding. You know, they were using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior, anything to numb, avoid, distract. And I get it. It's very painful. But unless you face it, feel it, heal it, it's not going anywhere. It's just not. So yes, it may have made the day a bit easier, but it prevents your healing too. The second group, this was the group who just refused to accept their betrayal refused to accept it. Like where they would, you know, I had a woman come into my office and she came in arms folded. She's like, I want to heal. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Cause you'd have to give up all of those little benefits you were getting. You'd have to let go of that. It's like someone who says I'm divorced, I'm divorced, I'm divorced. At what point do they say I'm single? Right. Right. And if you're unwilling to accept that, and it takes a process of grieving, mourning the loss, It's a complete death and destruction of the old in order to rebirth something entirely new and beautiful. And that's always up to us, whether you rebuild yourself and move on, which is what I did with my family, or whether you rebuild yourself with the person who hurt you as two completely different people in a completely different relationship. You know, that's what I did with my husband. Not not long ago, we married each other again. New vows, new rings, new commitments, and our four kids is our bridal party. But it takes that. You know, it takes a complete death and rebirth. Correct. And, and, and there's an identity loss there that people don't want. I think it's really the refusal to accept that they mm-hmm. need to lose a certain identity. Rather and you than, are. It's not yeah. really refusing to accept the betrayal. It's refusing to accept that they need to kill off that identity in order to actually have a different kind of life. Mm-hmm. And then it could be completely different. And then the third group, and I'll tell you, this group by far, hands down, uh, these were the most sick. And this was the group where the betrayer had no consequences whether it was for uh, financial reasons, fear, not wanting to break up a family or religion, which played a huge role. They stayed and tried their best to overlook it, but the body, the body knows and the body wouldn't accept it. So that's going to be the group that, that is hanging on to anger and bitterness the most. It's, it's because you're not healing. Mm. Yeah. And what I would imagine as you're saying that is that there are a lot of women who are the toxicity is expressing itself. It's the suppression of the expression of this is not working. Mm -hmm. And then the toxicity is expressing itself through Hashimoto's or Crohn's disease or cancer or whatever, 
which actually amplifies their identity as somebody who is in a place that needs to be sympathized with. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's, it's almost like there's a tension happening there as well. And it's like a affirming loop, right? Mm -hmm. An affirming loop that's really hard to break through. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like gut issues was one of the most common things that we saw. And think about the gut. What does the gut do? It processes, you know, it processes food, it digests. Well, when you're betrayed, there's an inability to process and digest what you just learned. Yeah. So energetically, you know, think about it. Is any wonder why the gut would, would you know, struggle? Of course, sure. of course. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, these three areas of the people that are the, the toughest, is there a ray of hope for any of those? And do you have one little tidbit that you could offer before we have to get to the end of the show already? Yeah. The, you know, the beauty is they can heal from all of it, all of it, all of it. And, and that's, that's what's so exciting because now it's not hopeful or possible. It's predictable. But what I would say is the, I mean, that's what the study proved. So what I would say is though, if they have one word they want to add to their vocabulary, it's willingness. Mm. If they are unwilling, they're going nowhere. But with a willingness just to say, what would life, what could life look like if I'm willing to just, just move one step closer to something, to the unknown? Hmm. You know, we, we stay with the familiar, not because it's good, only because it's so comfortable, sure. right? But with that willingness, that's where we sort of open the door a little bit. And that's when we're, you know, more willing to, to go through. And that's where life begins, especially after betrayal. Well, it's so interesting that you actually remarried this husband because I, with my second husband, we went to the divorce court mm -hmm. and the judge who was hearing our case was master love. And I was like, oh, damn, <laughs> there's a message right there. And we ended up leaving the divorce court and attempting another two years to mm -hmm. make it work. But there was that identity, like being locked into that identity that needed to be dismantled that neither of us was able to do. So we did ultimately end up in a divorce process, but yeah. So anyway. And, and every situation is different. And if he didn't change completely and I didn't change completely, it would never have been an option, you know, but I also went to an, a, an intuitive coach who said, Oh my gosh, how you planned this planned. <laughs> she said, you two were in cahoots here. This is going to be the best thing that ever happened. You're going to be writing books and having this center in this institute. I'm like you're crazy. Every single thing she said happened. Of course. Yeah. I'm not at all surprised <laughs> because there is a divine plan at play. And I know that karmically, both of my husbands were absolutely karmic partners for me and I would not be who I am today. And I would not have remade myself multiple times had I not planned those relationships and mm -hmm. planned those experiences. So, well, it has been a huge pleasure to have you here, Debbie, and I am so grateful for you and the immense powerful work that you are doing in the world. And I'm going to see your map and raise you. We're going to exponentially duplicate the numbers of certified PBT uh, oh. folks out there. That's my prayer for you. Thank and, you. Uh, and so listeners, if any of you are interested in finding out more about the certification program, I'm sure there's information about that at the pbtinstitute.com mm -hmm. mm -hmm. site. So great. All right, beautiful. Well, listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you think of today's show by calling into our listener line at 540-402-0043, extension 4343, or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. 
Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.